So, that was amazing. That was such a meaningful thing. I think it was, we, we usually have the kids do this every year. Um, but we decided that I think it's particularly important that we do this as a community. That we show our joy and our gratitude about what Jesus has done for us. And we do this together. Uh, obviously, it's a kid's thing, but I think it's also an adult's thing. We need to remember that. Um, and so uh, we had that, that's why we had the uh, Palm Sunday Parade. So we're coming to the end of Lent. Lent is being a time of reflection and drawing closer to God and Jesus. Um, you may have given up something over this m past month to help you do this. And during this time, we heard from a super, uh, superb array of members of our church. They have been talking about meeting Jesus and introducing spiritual practices related to increase our experience of Jesus in our lives. But first, let's just remind ourselves of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It's taken from John chapter 12, verse 12. Jesus, Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. The next day, the great crowd that had come to for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey, sat on it, and as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done. Now the crowd that was with him when he was called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. And so the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how ho the whole world has gone after him. And so I thought it would be nice, just as Jesus entered Jerusalem, we would hear a few people from our community to see how Jesus has entered their lives. See what I did there? <laughs> and what Jesus means to them. So first of all, I would like to invite two special guys I think they're starting up a grunge indie band by their haircuts. So, Fletcher Grimble and Charlie Richardson, would you like to come up? Okay, Fletcher, Charlie, I just want to ask you a question, and I think you have a great answer. So, Fletcher, what does Jesus mean to you? Um, uh, love and happiness. Love and happiness. That's great. Why do you think he means love and happiness to you? Because he ha makes me laugh. He makes you laugh. Wonderful. And Charlie, what does Jesus mean to you? Well, he means actually the same thing as Fletcher. What's that? Because he makes me feel happy, stuff like that. He makes you feel happy. That's so good. Thank you so much, guys. Give it up for Charlie and Fletcher. So that's great. See, Jesus enters our lives. He makes us feel happy. 
He does things to us that makes us feel happy. Let's just remember that. So next up, we have a member of our older group uh, of kids. Um, I'd like to introduce Arian. Where's Arian? Where is she? There she is at the back. Come on, Arian. She's going to share with us. Um, I just want to say, Arian owns some of the most awesome sunglasses. <laughs> They're pretty rad. Is rad still a word we use? <laughs> Not really. Okay. Still stuck in the 90s. So, um, Arian, what does Jesus mean to you? Um, Jesus means to be faith because you have to have faith in Jesus that he will help you. That's great. Thank you so much, Arian. Faith. Faith. Do you remember George Michael said, you just got to have faith? That's all it is. It's just that little step. That little step where you've just got to lean forward. Where you've just got to lean forward and lean into Jesus and have that faith. Because Jesus is there for us. Jesus is standing there. He's close to us. He's always there for us. It's us that step away from him sometimes. But if we have that faith just to step forward, he's there for us. He's there to greet us. So next up is a, another awesome member of our Blaze group. Um, he's also an amazing champion swimmer. Where's Aaron? Aaron Juan? Aaron, come on. Give a, give a round of applause to Aaron. So Aaron is very, very busy, so he's taking a big time out of his schedule from swimming schedule because he's going to be Philadelphia's next big champion in swimming. Oh, you don't do Sundays, no, but you do most of the time, don't you? So every t I think it's every day almost, isn't it? Yeah. So that, that takes a lot of training. Anyway, Aaron, what does Jesus mean to you? Grateful and forgiving. Grateful and forgiving. Is there any, any do I add anything more to that? Uh, grateful because, well, forgiving because he forgave his friends and enemies. And yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> so, yeah, forgiveness. We're celebrating, we're going into Holy Week this week. Palm Sunday is the start of Holy Week. And at the end, we go into Good Friday and then Easter. What was God's plan for Jesus? God's plan for Jesus was to sacrifice his only son so that we can have newness of life, so that we can have our sins forgive, forgiven. And exactly how Aaron said, Jesus was a great example of forgiveness and how we need to sometimes let go and forgive others. That's not easy, is it? When we need to forgive others, when we feel we've been slighted, but Jesus has been a great example of forgiveness. So next up, we're going to have some adults so sharing. So first up, I would like to invite Adam, Adam Brooks. Adam is not only a longtime member of our uh, member of Mosaic, but Adam is also an, an amazing teacher of our Sunday school. He's been teaching, I think you've been teaching for at least 10 years almost, haven't you? Oh, eight. Eight years, but it feels like maybe 10. 
But, um, and so you can blame him for the when things get raucous upstairs, when you can't hear the sermon and the kids are running around. That's his fault. So, uh, Adam, I just want to ask you this question. Obviously, what Jesus means to you, but how y- how you have experienced Jesus in your life? Um, well, I was raised in a uh, very legalistic, uh, sectarian religious environment, very patriarchal. Um, and for a long time, the words of Jesus were used, I think, in a lot of, I mean, you know, for a lot of good things, but also in a lot of ways to draw a very tight boundary around our community uh, so that we knew who was in and who was out. And we also sort of took on, you know, without, probably without meaning to, but took on the sort of like, you're in God's graces or you're not, whether you're in our community or not. Um, and so I think for a long time, Jesus entered my life as sort of a, he was like a proof. If I was on the right side of Jesus, if I was on the right side of our religious community, I was on the right side of God, and everybody else was on the outside. And so in a lot of ways, Jesus was a place of fear. You know, um, you, know you better stay on the right side. Um, I had some transformative events happen in my life around faith in my early 30s where that shifted quite a bit. And um, I think began to see the forest for the trees that, when Jesus's ministry was not to, you know, for the most part, the insider religious community, but it was to the outsiders. And I think for me, um, one way that Jesus has come into my life in my later adulthood has been breaking through, like forcing me to think through and break through every, every barrier I can around race, around gender, around who's in and who's out, and just to stop drawing those lines. Thank you so much, Adam. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think so many of us, especially growing up, maybe who experienced growing up in a church, how sometimes Jesus can be portrayed to us and how we sometimes misinterpret that. But we just, it's, what's, what's blowing me away today is just hearing the difference that Jesus makes in our lives when we actually experience and, and let go of these things, some of these fears that we have, some of these things that hold us back. And so, um, next up, we have Aura Townsend. Aura is also a dear member of Mosaic and super volunteer. She doesn't teach one age group of kids at Mosaic. She teaches all the ages of uh, kids. Uh, and what's even more impressive at the same time, no, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> that because that would be impressive. But anyway, give it up for Aura. I should ask the question before, but Aura, same question. How have you experienced Jesus? Wow. Um, where do I start? Jamie asked me, he sent an email, and I was like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> and then I went to a motivational conference yesterday, and the the like the fresh insight is I get to, right? I get to share about the, um, I think your question was the presence. Whew. So the presence, um, how do I meet Jesus in my life, um, his presence and what it means to me. Two words come to mind, uh, Harriet Tubman. I think for the last year, uh, she's been a person who, when life has been very challenging, um, I've just said her name, like we know, say her name. 
And if you've seen the movie Coco, in terms of keeping ancestors alive, like we, we say their names, we remember them. And just a number of things about her is, I know last year I went to her grave, I took my mother, we drove up to Auburn, New York. Um, we hear, I know in school, I just always heard slave 19 trips, right? That's all I knew. Um, and in terms of Harriet Tubman, as an enslaved woman, she, the trips, I didn't know, but they took place over 10 years. So, you know, she said, I was a conductor on the Underground Railroad for eight years, and I never ran the train off track, and I never lost a passenger. So I'm like, what kind of human being, and she was a believer too, and I'm just like, what kind of human being, who people would call illiterate, right? She didn't have a formal education, that would keep making these trips back and forth, Maryland, New York, Maryland, Philadelphia, she eventually settles in Auburn again and again and again and again. And they said that sometimes she would go to people, family and friends, and they weren't ready, right? You have to think of the circumstances of being enslaved. It means you're leaving your family, some people left children, you leave your spouse, like you leave all that you know with the threat of um, imprisonment, whipping, sometimes death, right? So she's this fugitive, she's this outlaw, and so she does this pre-Civil War, Antebellum South, and then in terms of the Civil War, she's in South Carolina at the Combahee River. She's a war spy. She's a nurse. Uh, after this, she settles in Auburn, New York. She um, gets a home. Like, I think someone gave her money, like patronage of, of, of money to purchase some property, and she has like an elder, elderly home. And then this is also the place where when she becomes an ugly person, she dies. Like, it's her resting place. So I'm like, God, if a human being can love human beings this much um, and pursue us like this in a human form, um, I'm just always reminded of, of him and his presence. So I, I think of Harriet. Thank you for asking me to share. I am taking students. Um, we're going to... Because last summer I went with um, a few friends to the Harriet Tubman Visitor Center. It's in Church Creek, Maryland, um, just to visit. These were the grounds she was on um, as a child. I know at 12 years old she um, was hitting her head with a weight, I think a two-pound or five-pound weight. And they said that throughout her life she would have, like, spells and she would sometimes black out. I don't know if she was concussed or what have you. Um, but it was also spiritual. So sometimes when life gets hard, um, I know... I run, I'm not a runner, but sometimes I'm telling myself, Harriet did it, you know, what more can you do? Harriet, Harriet, I'm just saying her name. Um, also, I'm excited to share that my daughter, she is graduating from college in May, and I'm blessed to say that in terms of God's presence, um, you know, four years ago, I didn't know how I was gonna pay for school. Um, every year, every semester, it was like, oh, where are the funds coming from? And God made a way um, he just, like, people feeding a horse to keep that horse going <laughs> along. He made a way for us, so uh, his presence is, is, is significant to me, and I'm grateful for it. Thank you, church. Thank you so much, Aura. Yeah, that's just incredible. I think, like, you know, there's so many people in history that we see that, that can influence us, that can have such an impact on our lives, um, that reflect exactly Jesus' teaching and obviously Harriet Tubman being one of them and you know Aura so profoundly explained. So 
Thank you all. I really appreciate you sharing that. Next up, we have Lee Kwan. Lee <laughs> is ridiculous. Lee reminds me of a honeybee. <laughs> Bees are incredibly hardworking and do so many jobs that help make beautiful things. Lee is a father of three. He's heavily involved in working to improve Philadelphia's education system, which is a huge job. And he's passionate about it. If you follow him on Instagram, you can see why. Uh, all this whilst doing a full-time job. And so here is Lee the B. Juan. I should probably ask you the question after that. <laughs> Lee, what does Jesus mean to you and, and how have you experienced it? Thank you. Uh, so I'm reminded this Palm Sunday, way back when people were singing Hosanna to him. Today, we're singing Hosanna to him. But in between, he was unjustly convicted. He was tortured. He was mocked. He was executed. And so way back when, when he was being applauded, he knew that there was a really difficult season ahead of him. And when he was in that difficult season, he knew about the glory that he would be in today. And so I'm just reminded of that. That's personally meaningful for me around this time of year, that when you're applauded or when you're beaten down, that there's a next step. And Jesus has gone before us and taken those next steps so that we can take those next steps. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. I apologize now if you're called Lee the Bee now. But um, yeah, so that's it. I mean, Jesus, Jesus walked the walk. He taught the talk. He, I'm turning into a wrestling announcer. Um, <laughs> but um, Jesus did it. He, you know, he, he went before us. He showed us how to do this. He was the perfect example of humility, of love, of faith, of all these things that we've heard about from what people have shared. And so, um, you know, it's great to hear from all these people how Jesus has entered our lives and what he means to them and the difference that he makes. And so as we enter Holy Week, I just want you to look at how Jesus has entered your life, the difference that he has made to you. We here at Mosaic, this is what we thrive on. We love hearing about the difference that Jesus has made in your lives. It makes us so grateful. And so I just want us to take a moment just to do a gratitude prayer. We did this in our staff meeting the other day, and it actually just helped me reflect on things that I'm grateful for uh, after ex an extremely testing time in my life. Because I think we get so bogged down in the things that hold us back, that scare us, that just build on top of us. And I just want us to take a moment to do a gratitude prayer. So I just want you to do so a breathing exercise, first of all, to get us into that mode. Um, my kids do this at their preschool, and I, th I think this is an awesome way of just getting into a zone where you can just reflect. So I just want you to hold your palm of your hand out. And I don't know how I'm going to do this with a mic, but 
Um, I just want you to close your eyes doing this, and then with the other hand, your index finger, just go up and down, up and down as you breathe in. So breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out, okay? And just do that until you've gone right through your hand. And just do it slowly. And just as you're doing this, just go over the past week, the past month, and just recollect the good times, the good things that have happened to you, where you've, Jesus has really met you. And just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Each time something that comes to mind, just say thank you, just to affirm that. And we closed by just saying, Jesus, thank you so much for all you have done for us. We thank you. We celebrate Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem. We celebrate Jesus' arrival into our lives. We thank you that you gave the ultimate sacrifice, your life, so that we may experience full of fullness of life. And we want to recognize that and thank you. Amen.